1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, we'll read verses 1 through 12. 1 through 12, 1 John chapter 5 says this in the Word of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. And this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. <laughs> For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Verse 9, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Verse 12, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Let us pray again. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we're uh, uh, so thankful, God, for your mercy and grace. And no doubt we have so much to thank you for, so much to praise you for. And uh, Lord, we're thankful, uh, dear God, that we can gather together uh, in the house of God. Thank you for those that are faithful to be here. Thank you for those that are faithfully uh, listening in. And God, I pray that you'd bless each one today. Uh, dear God, uh, work in our lives through thy spirit and through thy word. Lord, stir us up. Uh, dear God, that our desire would ever be towards you. Uh, Lord, we pray, uh, God, for those with uh, spiritual needs. Lord, uh, you know somebody's listening, somebody that's here. Dear God, that needs to be saved again through your word and spirit. Work in that heart today, dear God, that it was something would just, Lord, click in their heart. And they'd say, oh, let today be the day that they put their trust in the shed blood and death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, those of us that are saved and those that, uh, uh, dear God, that are out there that are saved, that, uh, Lord, uh, should be here, should be listening in, God, stir their heart and uh, draw them back to Thee. Lord, we think of, uh, Lord, as the holidays coming up, Thanksgiving this week, we think of loved ones we'll be with. Lord, we all have lost loved ones, and we pray help us to be a witness to them and, uh, Lord, work in uh, their hearts. And God, again, we pray that as we look at this portion of Scripture, above all things, that Jesus Christ would be glorified and exalted, and you would use it to work in our lives and build your local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, let's look back at verse 9, which says this. If we receive the witness of men, we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath bestowed of, us, of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because, look at this, he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So verse 9 mentions the witness of God is greater. The witness of God is greater. And so when it comes to eternal things, when it comes to eternal things, it really comes down to this. Who are you going to believe? 
Who are you going to believe when it comes to speaking on eternal matters? Whose witness are you going to accept? God's witness or man's witness? God's witness or man's witness? You know, we look out in the world and there's, of course, there's so many opinions about things. Everybody has their own opinion about things. There's so many uh, religions. You know, people say, ah, I don't know. It's so hard. There's so many religions out there. You know, it's so many uh, 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 options. Uh, you know, well, that, that's true when listening to man. Man will give you a lot of opinions. Man will give you maybe a lot of options. Man will give you a lot of religion, uh, a lot of religions, but not God. God has only one consistent message. God has all these religions aren't of God. All those opinions aren't of God. God has only one consistent message all through his word. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. God's word is consistent. Doesn't matter where you open this book. It's consistent concerning his message, the message of his beloved son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when someone uh, uh, says to you, of course, we've all heard it. You can't know about eternal things. You can't know for sure in this life. Well, it's because they don't know. And they think because they don't know, nobody can know, you know. And it also it's often because they lack confidence in what they claim to believe and what they claim to believe. They're, they, they're like those that mentioned in 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy 1.7, it says this, talking about those that desiring to be teachers of the law. And then it says this about them. Understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. It says they don't understand what they say. And they don't understand what they affirm. Well, the word affirm means what? Uh, the claim is truth or belief. <laughs> they don't even understand what they're saying. Uh, so how can they believe it? And I, I, I've, I've talked to people and I say, hey, do, what you, do you think what you believe is the truth? Well, yeah, of course I think what I believe. Do you think it's for everybody? Well, I wouldn't say it's for everybody. You know, I mean, you know, there's different thoughts out there, different truths. I'm saying, well, man, if, if what you believe, hey, listen, I have more respect for somebody, even if they don't agree with me, if they at least think that what they believe is worth believing, they think it's for, for, you know, for everybody. I said, what do you think? How many gods do you think there are? Well, I only think there's one God. We think one God would have different belief for different people in different countries. Amen. One God, you think he'd have one message for everybody. And he does have one message for everybody. And so, of course, they can't give you the truth and they can't speak with confidence because, again, they don't understand what they say or whereof they affirm. But I'm glad. Amen. I'm glad I understand what I say. Amen. What the word of God says. And I'm glad. Amen. I believe what I affirm. Amen. When I speak from the word of God, I believe the word of God. Amen. And I believe God's consistent message concerning his son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why uh, as believers, we can speak with confidence. Amen. There's no question mark in my heart about God's message concerning his son, God's witness concerning his son, God's record concerning his son. I don't, I don't doubt it for a second. I'm not nervous about it. I'm not, I don't have this little thing. Well, I hope I'm right. Oh no, I know. And say, do you know you're right? I know God's right. That's what I know. I know the word of God's right and the witness that he's given, the records that he's given. That's where my confidence lies. It says the record that God gave of his son. 
John chapter 20, verse 31 says this, but these are written, what? That she might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Amen. I believe, the, listen, the book, amen, the Bible, God's word is the record that God gave of his son. Amen. That's what this book is. This is God's record, again, of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe it with all my heart and with all my soul, with all my being. I believe God's record concerning his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what, it, what is a record. It's a declaration. I like this definition. A record is this. It's talking about the record God gave of a son. A record is this. It's a declaration by a witness. Now you realize there's only, there's only one person that has been a witness to all of history. <laughs> God. God is the only one that's been a witness to all of history. And he's a witness that all that was before history, too. And he'll be a witness after the history of this uh, world is uh, wrapped up. He's the only one that can be a witness to all things. And he speaks with the authority of one who knows. The authority of one who knows. And so God can speak with authority. Amen. Because he knows. He knows all things. So John, that is the record, amen? Uh, he speaks with authority in his word because he was a witness to all these things. And so he can give the testimony and speak with authority. But John also refers to the record of witness as being the fact that God in his son has given eternal life to believers. That's also a record. Look at verse 11. And this is the record, right? We know the record's in the book. It's recorded it. But this is the record, what? That God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. You see, there's no other place to find and receive eternal life, Jesus, only Jesus. So God has a record concerning his Son. God has recorded the record of his Son in the book, the Bible, and then he's also recorded it upon the hearts of those who believe, amen, in his son. And so here we have the record and we have confidence in this record. But also, amen, we've been saved, amen. We put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we did that, God recorded the record of his son. So I have no doubt what the Bible says about uh, his son. And I have no doubt about what Jesus Christ, about what God did in my heart and in my life through his son. I believe the record written in the book and I believe the record that was written upon my heart when I got saved. And so uh, uh, because uh, we have God's record in the Bible and because we have God's record in our heart, Amen. The things mentioned in this chapter, the things mentioned in this epistle and the things mentioned through the word of God. Amen. Should be true in and through our lives. 
So I sort of gave this thought as we look at this verse and say, man, the record. So you've heard him say, let the record show. Amen. Let the record show. Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning, man. God has given his record. And you know what? Let the record show that we believe Jesus is the Christ. Amen. Let the record show that we believe Jesus is the Christ. Verse one says it right there. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Well, I believe that. Let the record show that I believe that Jesus is the Christ and let the record show that I've been born of God, amen? And I have the record to prove it. (laughs) I have the record of the word of God and I have the record in my heart that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, amen? And I've been born of God. Everyone that loveth him uh, uh, that begat, loveth him also that is begun. So, let the record show we believe Jesus is the Christ. Now think about this. Think when you think about Jesus, Jesus could not reveal the way of salvation unless he were a prophet, right? He, he, he prophesied of his own death. So he could not reveal the way of salvation unless he were a prophet. He could not work out the way of salvation, amen, except he were a priest who was over the sacrifice, the priest. So listen, think about this. He could not reveal the way of salvation unless he was a prophet. He could not work out the way of salvation unless he were a priest. And then he could not confer that salvation, if you will, unless he was a king. It's a king that confers things upon people, right? And so uh, to, to, to reveal the way of salvation, he had to be a prophet. To work out the way of salvation, he had to be a priest. To confer that salvation, he had to be a king. And you know what? He could not be prophet, priest, and king unless he was the Christ. <laughs> amen. So, amen, we see it all right there. He was a prophet, he was prophet, priest, and king. And again, that verifies the record, the witness that God gave of his son, that indeed he is the Christ. Let the record show and let the record be clear and that he is and that we believe that and we've been born again by the grace of God if you've put your trust in that truth. Notice uh, also it says again, the, the end of verse one, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Boy, that, I, again, uh, we know we think of first Corinthians 13 as the, as, as the love chapter. Well, it, maybe it is, you know, of charity, but this is definitely uh, the love epistle. It just talks about and emphasizes the love of God and the love that we should have towards one another. And so let the record show because we're born again, we love one another. Amen. We love him all also and we love. There's no way you can go through this epistle, right, as we've been going through it, and not be convinced and not be convicted, not be convinced and not be convicted about the emphasis that God puts on believers loving one another and they and, and, and that being evidence of a true conversion. And that being evidence of a true conviction. Again, these things don't save you, but if you've been saved, amen, the the Bible makes it clear that these things should be evident uh, in your life. And so I have to ask myself, amen, do I, have a, do I have a love for people? Do I have a love for the church, amen, that it can only come because God 
put that in my heart when he saved me. And that's why I love people and care about people and am concerned about people. Oh, listen, that has nothing to do with me. You know, I'm as sorry as I ever was. Amen. Uh, let me tell you, leave Jeff Stewart to himself and he's going to care about one person, Jeff Stewart. Amen. But oh, let God change that heart. Amen. And we begin to care and love about one another. So the record's clear. Amen. We believe that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. And as uh, with a changed heart as believers, we love one another. Verse three. And this is the love of God. This is the love of God. What? That we keep his. Well, sorry. Verse two. By this, we know that we love the children of God. Well, how do I know that I love my brothers and sisters? We, because we love God and we keep his commandments. I love God. Amen. And I have a desire to keep his commandments. Why? Well, not only because I don't want to keep his commandments because I love God, but I know that pleases him. But I know by keeping his commandments. Amen. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm the Christian I ought to be before my brothers and sisters. And you know what? Hey, that, that, that stops my prayer. I don't want my prayers to be hindered. Hey, think about this, man. I want to be. Hey, listen, if the phone, if phone rings. Hey, listen, I don't want to spend 30 minutes to get my own heart right with God before I can pray for somebody else. Amen. I want to be ready to pray for somebody else. So I want to live right. Verse three, for this is the love of God. Again, that we keep his commandments. And notice how this verse ends. His commandments are not grievous. Boy, now that's a thought to think about right there. Verse two says, keep his commandments. And of course, that's a reference to obedience. Right. People that love God want to be obedient to God. Right. Children that love their parents want to be obedient to their parents. Right. They want to listen. And it makes this statement. His commandments are not grievous. Now, think about that thought for a moment. Grievous means burdensome. Heavy. Oppressive. Hard to be born. Now, it says that his commandments are not burdensome. Heavy, oppressive, hard to be born. They're not grievous. His commandments are. Now, religion and man will give you grievous commands. Religion and man will give you grievous commands. Let me give you a couple examples of that. Uh, uh, the Lord, when rebuking uh, the Pharisees and the leaders, said this in Matthew 23, 4. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Boy, that is a beautiful picture of religion. Religion binds heavy burdens, grievous to be born, and lays them on men's shoulders. Well, I think about, you know, one of, one of the things that stands out when you get to the country of Bulgaria and walk around is, I've probably mentioned this before, you see pictures of, uh, of dead people all over, literally all, literally all over the place. And if you understood what it says, it'll say, oh, he's been dead uh, 40 days. She's been dead three years. You might even see one that says they've been dead uh, 40 years. And, and what it's doing is they got pictures of them at all these stages, you know, been dead for years. And you know what they're doing? Their religion tells them that they have to buy these pictures every year and put them up all over the place so that as people walk by, they can pray their loved ones out of purgatory. 
Now imagine carrying that burden. You know, uh, a, a loved one's been dead that many years, and every year you're walking by these pictures of your loved one, carrying that burden that, oh, I hope that got out. I hope that got out. I hope I paid enough to my religion. I hope I hung up enough of those pictures. That's what religion does. Religion lays upon people burdens that are grievous to bear. Man, we know that leaders like to do that. Boy, they, we, the, the, the last few months, the last couple of years will tell you that, amen, man likes to lay on grievous burdens uh, uh, hard to bear. I think about when uh, those people came uh, uh, to Rehoboam after Solomon died, and this is what they said to him in 2 Chronicles 10, 4. They, Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now, therefore, ease thou somewhat the grievous servitude of thy father, and his heavy yoke that he put upon us, and we will serve thee. Amen. Hey, you know, that might be a, the, the, the next time we have an election, that might be a good time for somebody to grab. Say, listen, I'll make your burden lighter. Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll lift some of these burdens. Amen. If you'll, if, if, if you'll follow me. But you see that man likes to do that, but not God. God gives you commands because he wants to help you and he wants to bless you. Now, sin should be grievous. Sin should be grievous. Psalm 38, 4 says this, For mine iniquities are gone over mine head. As an heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Boy, I pray today that if somebody's not saved, right, I pray that the sin in your life will become a heavy burden upon you, a great conviction and burden upon you, and will weigh heavy upon your heart and weigh heavy upon your soul till you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, even if you're saved, if there's something in your life that ought not to be in your life, you know what? I pray that that sin becomes a heavy burden and grievous upon your life till you get that thing right with God. Those, that's something that should be grievous in our life. But let me ask you this. It says, but the commandments of Christ and God are not grievous. So let me ask you a couple quick questions as we think about this. Does reading your Bible seem burdensome? Does praying seem burdensome? Does coming to church seem burdensome? Does giving seem burdensome? Does witnessing seem burdensome? Does serving others seem burdensome? Here's one. Does helping in the nursery seem burdensome? Does teaching a class seem burdensome? Does using your talent and abilities for the Lord seem burdensome? Boy, some good questions. If the Lord's commandments, and there's others that you know, seem burdensome, if loving one another, if loving your brothers and sisters the Lord is grievous, if obedience is grievous, if that's the way it feels to you when you think about these things, well, let me say this. Maybe you need to check up on your relationship with the Lord, because if these things seem grievous or burdensome, there's a problem somewhere. There's a problem somewhere. Either you're not saved or you need to get something right with the Lord because he says his things are not burdensome and grief. And so it should be a, a, a delight, amen, to serve the Lord. First Samuel 15, 22 said this, to obey is what? Better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. I like this verse in Deuteronomy 5, 29. Boy, this should be our prayer for our own selves. This should be our prayer for the church. Listen to this great verse. It says this in Deuteronomy 5, 29. It might be a good verse to highlight. Oh, that there were such a heart in them. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me, God says, and keep all my commandments always. Why? That it might be well with them 
and with their children forever. How can it be well with them? How can it be well with their children forever? Amen. Because they desire and have a heart to be obedient to the commands of God. You see, God's will and God's command for our life should seem good, acceptable, and perfect. We see that Romans 12, 2 says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's how his will of God, his will should seem towards us. That's how his commandments should be in our heart as the children of God. Amen. So let the record show. Amen. Amen. We believe Jesus is the Christ. We believe Jesus. Amen. Uh, that we love one another and that we want to be obedient to his commands. Let's look at verse four. It says this. For whatsoever is born of God. Overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. We like that song. Faith is the victory. Amen. Faith is the victory. That's how we should feel. Let the record show that we, by faith, live from victory. Amen. We're not fighting for victory, but let the record show that we live from victory. Notice that word overcometh, right? That which is born of God, that new man, even our faith. Boy, we need to realize and people need to realize, you know, the world makes faith and believe some mystical, you know, thing out there. But faith is not some mystical, mysterious thought or belief. Faith is something. Faith is something. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So faith is something. It really is something. It's not some mystical thing out there. Faith is clearly something. And not only is faith something, faith comes from something. You know, follow your heart. Oh, that's the worst thing advice you can, you can uh, uh, give somebody. Remember that, young ladies. Don't follow your heart. Listen to your parents. Amen. <laughs> Remember that. Listen, faith comes from something. Romans 10, 17, then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is the only source of faith in the world. You can't get faith anywhere but from this book right here. So faith is something. Faith comes from something. And then the Bible teaches that faith is directed towards something. It's directed towards something or actually someone. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So we're not sort of just floating along. Well, we have this faith. We have this belief that just sort of, you know, la, la. We're not living in la, la land, right? We know, amen. We know what we believe. I know in whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed. I'm glad I know. I have faith, not some mystical thing, but faith is something, amen. It's something, and I got it from the word of God. And my faith is directed towards the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I know what I have. I know where I got it from and I know who it's directed toward. Hey, nobody else can say that. They're hoping, they're guessing, they're floating along, but not a true born again child of God, not a Christian, not a Bible believer. We know what we have. We know where we got it from and we know who it's directed towards the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that the word of God. Hebrews 12 says what? Again, looking unto Jesus. So our faith gives us and it helps us in this world. How does it help us overcome the world? Because our faith gives us a biblical worldview. I have a, everything, when I look at the world, everything has to run through the prism of my faith 
am the word of God. I have a biblical word of God. I don't believe this one way because I'm a Democrat or, uh, or I'm a Republican. I believe this way because I'm a Bible-believing, born-again child of God. And everything that I believe, I want to be based upon the word of God. I don't care who says it. I don't care what their title is. Amen. If it doesn't line up with the book, I want to reject it. If it lines up with the book, amen, then I say a hearty amen to it. See, by faith, we take God's view of things. Example, we don't believe in man's view concerning creation or evolution. We believe God's word. Hebrews 11.3 says this, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen are not made of things which do appear. By things which do appear. I don't care how it appears. Amen. They say, follow the science, follow the science. Hey, amen. Hey, I'm glad for smart people. I ain't one of them. Amen. But thank God I, hey, I follow the book. Hey, if it lines up with the word of God, well, then I'll say, well, that's pretty good. You found, you found something, amen, based on the word of God. If it don't line up with the book, I'm chucking science and everything else. I'm sticking with the book. Amen. I, that's where I get moving. So I believe that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, think about this, about overcoming. Hebrews 11, we know that great uh, hall of faith there. Let me give this to you quickly. How We see in Hebrews 11 how many of them overcame things in the world by their faith. If you look at those verses, this is what you'll see. Cain overcame, uh, 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 sorry, Abel overcame the pride of the world by faith. Enoch overcame the progress of the world by faith. Noah overcame the pollution of the world by faith. Abraham overcame the prospects of the world by faith. Isaac overcame the passions of the world by faith. Jacob overcame the perspective of the world by faith. Moses' parents overcame the prince of the world by faith. Moses overcame the power of the world by faith. And Rehab overcame the punishment of the world by faith. Hey, I don't care what's attacking you in this world, what you're up against in this world, by faith, amen, in this book, and in the person of this book, the Lord Jesus Christ, you can overcome, you have overcome. Just get out there and believe it. So like those mentioned in Hebrews 11 and other places, we, the children of God, by faith, we have seen things unbelievers have not seen because they can't see it, right? They can't see it. By faith, we understand things unbelievers do not understand. They can't see it. They can't understand it because they're not saved, and therefore they can't enjoy the faith that we have from the Word of God. Again, Hebrews 11 one says, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things. You know what? I've not seen Jesus. I've not seen Jesus. But you know what? I can say I love him. By faith, I can say I love Jesus, even though I've never seen him. And what? I got Bible for that. First Peter 1.8 says this, Whom having not seen... Ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, look at this, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable. Listen, today I can stand with joy unspeakable and full of glory and say I love somebody I've never seen. I didn't say I'd never met him. <laughs> I just said I'd never seen him. Oh, I've met him. Oh, I've met him. Amen. He's real. Amen. And he's real and he's alive in my heart. Oh, we've, yeah, we met. Amen. Just haven't seen him yet. But I have met him. Amen. And he changed my life. So my faith gives evidence he is real. My faith gives evidence that what he's done in me is real. 
And my faith gives evidence that his promises are real. You see, so I've overcome by faith. You see, Christians, right? We're not to love the world. We're not to belong to the world. We're not to yield to the world. We are to be overcome the world by our faith. So the world and all that is going in should not overcome the believer because the believer has already overcome the world by faith through Jesus Christ. Let the record show, amen. Let the record show our faith got the job done. Quickly, verse 5 says this, Who is he that overcome the world again? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So let the record show we have a solid foundation. Again, this is the foundation of our faith, that Jesus is the Son of God. Again, all faith is based upon that. All faith is built upon that. All faith springs from this solid truth of who Jesus is. I'm going to finish up here. Now, verse, I know we got verses 6, 7, and 8. I'm going to deal with them separately, right? <laughs> Get into some things there. Maybe we'll look at them tonight, verses 6, 7, and 8. So let's, uh, let's finish up and look down, amen, to verses 10, 11, and 12 again. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. And he believeth, uh, sorry, verse 9, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. So I don't care what men have told you. If you're here this morning, unless you say, well, you know, uh, so-and-so told me this, so-and-so told me that. Listen, the witness of God is greater. You better believe the witness of God. For this is the witness of God, which we have testified of a son. And he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. And he that believeth not made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his. Again, that's what it comes down to. You're going to believe man, you're going to believe religion, or are you going to believe the record that God has given? The record that God has given through his word and the record that God has given through the millions of changed lives through the millions of changed lives that have repented of their sin and put their trust in the shed blood and death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whose records are you going to believe? You're going to believe man's? They can't give you any assurance, but you can have assurance today, amen, through the record of God and through the record of believing on his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the record. This is the record. Amen. That God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son. Look, look at verse 12. I mean, does it get any simpler than this? I mean, people, oh, I can't understand that. Verse 12 just has to be the, the, I mean, so simple, so clear. Look at this. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I mean, that, it doesn't get any simpler than that. I mean, that, 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 that you say, oh, that, that's so simple. Yeah, that, that's like saying to somebody, uh, the water is in the bottle. If you have the bottle, you have the water. If you don't have the bottle, you don't have the water. I mean, that just sounds so like elementary. And that's what it is. Elementary, old boy, elementary, right? <laughs> elementary. It is elementary. It is simple. Listen, and, that's, and I'm glad that, listen, there's a lot of tough verses in that. But listen, it doesn't get any. That's, I mean, the most important thing in the Bible is that you know who Jesus Christ is and what he can do for you. And boy, how can you not understand that verse? Amen. You have Jesus. You have eternal life. You don't have Jesus. You don't have eternal life. It's, it, it's, it's that simple. That, that, that's the message that'll change your life. That's the message that'll change the world. That simple. Have Jesus, have life. Don't have Jesus, don't have life. Amen. So what does that mean? Hey, if you're not saved, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. Let the record show, hey, 
you need Jesus if you're not saved. So thank God for the record that he gave of his son. Listen, have son, have life. No son, no life. Amen. God's witness is greater. The record is clear. So think about this. If we love the Lord, if we love the Lord, we will live in obedience to his commands. If we walk in fellowship with the Lord, amen, we want to walk in fellowship with the Lord so that we will not consider his commands a burden, but rather a delight. Think about that. As you think about his commands, do they seem grievous or do they seem a delight? Those who have the victory and overcome this world, again, are those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. We need to recognize that God's record, amen, God's record concerning his son is true and that his testimony is greater than all that man has to say, all that clatter out there, all that blah, 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 amen. Believe God's record. Eternal life is in Jesus Christ. And all those who have the son of God have eternal life. So again, God says that Jesus Christ is the Savior. I don't care what man says. Oh, he's a prophet. Oh, he was just a man. Oh, he was just a good teacher. That's what man, I don't care what man, no. God says he's the Savior. And he's the only way you can believe God or you're going to believe man. If man say that he's not the Savior, will you believe the record of man or record of God? The Bible says that God's witness is greater. What you think doesn't change what God says. The witness of God is always greater. So the question this morning is, amen, do you believe God? Do you believe God? Do you believe the record that he's given? Let's pray.